Retain Podcast. Uh, welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. I've got Miranda Dikonski. Did I just do it wrong? Yeah, it's Dikonski. You're close. Dikonski. Oh my god. Like, I just did this. Um, I just did this in a podcast earlier where I literally said the person's name correctly the first time, then I record and I didn't do it. Dikonski. <laughs> yes, Dikonski. It's okay. it's a complicated name. People struggle <laughs> with it. It's okay. I inherited it when I got married to my husband. My maiden name was just as challenging. So I guess I, I should have done better when I, I picked the last name. Maybe you picked the last name and, and not the husband, right? I don't know. My, <laughs> hey, my wife, uh, my wife definitely knows your pain. She's gone. Her last name was Reynolds and now it has to be Brunsbach, uh, oh. very German spelling. And so she's, you know, she's all upset about it. Um, I'm, yeah. I'm sure. And she's in the, also in the medical field. So she's like, I have to go get all new licenses and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. um, I think she knows, she knows what you're talking yeah. about for sure. A little funny anecdote on that before we move on to the more important stuff. Um, you know, I grew up with the last name Vandenbroek and I was always at the end of the line because I was a V and, you know, so it was really awesome to move up to the top of the alphabet uh, <laughs> with a D. Uh, too bad we don't, you know, line people up alphabetically <laughs> in, in real life for like, you know, lines at restaurants or stuff like that. <laughs> because I, I don't reap the benefits of it now, but as a kid, I was always wishing I had a name that was at the beginning of the alphabet. Um, and, and here I am, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I, I do. That gave me like literal flashbacks, you know, to being in the hallway of like elementary school. And you're like, uh, the teacher's telling you to get up against the wall, you know, to go to lunch or whatever it is to go out to recess. And literally it was all, you know, um, by, by last name. So that's funny. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right. Well, Miranda, I, since I butchered your last name, I forgot to mention that um, you're the chief customer officer at Swiftly, uh, which is exciting. I know you all have had an awesome year so far, uh, you yourself personally, and um, sounds like the company has as well. So um, exciting things that are happening. So I'm excited to have you on. I know you've been doing a ton of things in the customer success, uh, just network in general, in terms of the industry, trying to make sure that we can progress the industry, help people get involved. Uh, you know, progress careers. And so, uh, first of all, on behalf of everybody, thank you for doing that. I think it's, um, you know, doesn't get said enough, but you're spending a lot of your time and energy doing that probably outside of your day job. You know, you've got other priorities in your life. So uh, first of all, thank you for doing that. I think it's awesome. Um, and, you know, something, once you find a passion, it's really hard to, to let go of. So I'm sure for you, it doesn't feel like work. It, it doesn't. Uh, it's funny you say that because I, I often joke around about this, but it's true. I, eat, breathe, sleep, customer success. I love customer success. I love the field. I love, you know, all of the different things you can do with it. Uh, it's a perfect match of, you know, being a people person and also, you know, analytics and, and it also solves like my operational brains uh, and the needs I have to ma make order of chaos. Um, so yeah, I have been now doing some type of customer facing work, uh, officially this year, I hit my 24 year mark. Oh my God. Um, so I've been doing this for a long time and, um, I just feel so blessed and fortunate to have landed here in the San Francisco area. Now about 11 years ago, the community, uh, has been incredibly accepting and COVID while many terrible things came out of COVID. I think one of the silver linings is it just broke down the barriers for networking. And I've met so many cool people in 2020 that I probably never would have met if it was only, you know, if we were only having like in-person events, which is kind of the way it was pre pre pandemic. Definitely. So yeah, no, thank you for the thank you. And I, you know, thank you to everyone in the community for being so supportive and 
you know, being awesome and reaching out and, and talking to me on LinkedIn and Slack and all of that. Yes, for sure. Um, well, I always like to start with a couple of fun questions and, um, you know, we'll, we'll try and get to know you a little bit better. The first question that I have to ask you though, I'm a big fan of the squirrel cam and I have to know, how did you think of doing the squirrel cam? How did, you know, uh, how often do you look at the squirrel cam? Do you, I mean, are you like a daily, are you, are you like a daily addict of the squirrel cam now? Like, are you, you know, every, <laughs> every moment of peace that you need, do you go there? Uh, tell me how that came about. Cause I think it's fun. And, uh, for the people that don't know on Miranda's profile, probably at least like once a month, I think you, or maybe like once a quarter, I don't know, but you've, yeah. she's put it out there, uh, quite a bit, but she has a, uh, kind of an outdoor nest camera situation. And she, um, has put it next to a feeder and there are squirrels that just, uh, come up and are just, um, just sitting there, you know, doing their little squirrel hands and eating. And it is one of those things in life that is like very peaceful. It's like watching an otter swim or watching, um, you know, a dolphin do like, it's just one of those things where you're like mesmerized. You're like, you know what, for some reason, this is very calming. So how did that, how'd that come about? Oh my gosh. So, uh, you know, I sit in my home office all day and I face a fence. So I look out my window at a fence it first started, I'm a, I'm a little out of control. I just have to put that out there. I'm a little out of control at this point, but it started out. I was like, okay, I'm going to put a humming, hummingbird feeder up. So I put a hummingbird feeder up and I'm like, this is so cool. I love watching all these hummingbirds. Well, then I had a bully hummingbird that would come and just bop the other hummingbirds oh, off. So wow. I put another hummingbird feeder up so the bully could have the hummingbird feeder and the, the other hummingbirds <laughs> could have a feeder. And then I'm like, well, it'd be kind of cool if I could watch some birds. So I put a bird, a regular bird feeder out. And then I randomly saw something on Facebook uh, where somebody had put a pic squirrel picnic table on top of their fence. And I'm like, oh, I need a squirrel picnic table. So I put a squirrel picnic table out uh, and I could see all of this outside of my office window. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool? Like, I can't, I can't sit and watch this all the time, but wouldn't it be cool if I could capture it on camera? My husband is amazing. He does all of this stuff for me. He put the <laughs> he put the squirrel picnic table up. He launch, he put a camera up. Um, it, it's it's been so much fun. Uh, <laughs> I have like this little wildlife world <laughs> outside of my window while I'm sitting here in meetings all day long um, and watching like the squirrels interact with each other and fight over the corn and you know I like just it. brings some levity to my day. I um, so oh actually I have a. My, I'm going to de-blur my video for a minute, but I have a window uh, in my office and I have done nothing, but now you're making me think that I should try and hang something out there and, um, and get some wildlife. Cause that's pretty much the only, besides going, you know, downstairs and uh, walking outside with the dogs. Like I uh, I'm kind of trapped in this little, win you know, one window office, but it's giving yeah. me ideas now to do that. Yeah. Same here. I mean, I traded in working in busy San Francisco to sitting in a very quiet room in the suburbs uh, every day. So I really missed the action. This is different action, of course, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, keeps, it keeps my mind busy. So, um, all right, a couple, two or three more questions, just softballs, you know, so we can get to know you better. Are you um, a coffee, a tea, soda? What's, what's your, um, you know, what's your mode of choice when you're sitting down in the morning? Uh, you know, I, I actually drink a diet Coke in the morning. I, you know, I, I don't like coffee. Uh, I love iced tea, but yeah. there's just something about, uh, you know, a diet Coke first thing in the morning. I know it's very <laughs> weird and very random. I also have my water first thing in the morning too, but that's, that's how I caffeinate is from diet Coke. Yeah. 
hey, everyone, you know, everybody has their, uh, everybody picks their poison, so to speak, right? I, I drink coffee till the cows come home in the morning. And it, um, it definitely, you know, this morning, I've, I've had to dial it back. I've, you know, I'm like half a pot right now, but, uh, you know, I, I need to figure out you're talking fast. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> talk very fast. I need to slow it down. Um, the other, the, the last question, and then we can um, get into the real stuff, but I always like to ask people this. It's been become one of my favorite questions. I'm not really sure why, but what is your favorite fruit? Oh my gosh. I like so many. How do you pick one? I don't know. Right? There's been a lot. And actually, you know what? I'll give you an, uh, an inside tip. I, very rarely has somebody said the same one as somebody else. I've actually had, this is probably like the, the 15th time I've asked it. And I've had like 50, people say like 15 different fruits, uh, yeah. which is just shocking to me. I, you know what? I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. And the fruit that I eat the most, so I'm assuming it's probably one of my favorites is pineapple. Oh, um, I, you know, I did a lot of like whole foods delivery during pandemic and I would just add in like the already cut pineapple that was fresh and yep. find myself just sitting at my desk eating pineapple, like it was going out of style. So yeah, pineapple. I, I'll, I need to do that, that more. Yeah. I need to, um, I'm a big pineapple fan. I need to do that more though. Like you said, kind of order it just pre-cut too, and just yeah. use it as a snack. Like I'm always, um, I always joke with my wife, um, you know, cause she's like, I'm at home all day. She's in an office. She's, you know, uh, she's a physician, physician assistant in a doctor's office. And so she has yeah. to go to work every day, but I'm sitting here and I'm like, Oh, chips are downstairs. Or maybe there's like some goldfish or something. And, you know, she's like, why don't you go eat a piece of fruit? I'm like, well, then I have to cut it. And then I have to do all this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just so big. So reduce the barrier to entry, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what we do in customer success. Reduce that <laughs> barrier to entry. So I like that. Yeah. It's a good way to put it. Um, awesome. Well, I think, you know, again, one of the things that I feel like you're passionate about, you're really good at, you do it a lot, is just the whole idea of, of getting around to the community and to the network at large. And, you know, how do you make connections with people um, who are in similar roles than you, who maybe are, are, are in a role that you want to go after? Um, but I always um, have thought about networking in earlier in my career, right? I think it was one of those things where um, as you're an individual contributor and kind of coming up, you're kind of like, oh, like I'll network later. It's, you know, or maybe I'll, I'll do it when I need it kind of thing. And really I feel like it's the reverse, right? You kind of are supposed to do it when you don't need it because that's where you get a lot of value. And then you make connections that can kind of lead to future jobs. So how um, for you, you know, when you're talking with people out there, how do you think about uh, kind of coaching them or giving them ideas about, Hey, here's the kind of the right way to approach some, some networking, especially in, like you said, kind of today's world where it's changing or everything's on either LinkedIn or digital Twitter, there's all these things out there, but how do you kind of coach people on some of the first things to, to look at or do when they think about networking with people? Yeah. So first things first, you, you hit, you hit it spot on. Um, a lot of folks wait until they need something, then they go out to network. That's a huge mistake. Um, you don't want to come right out of the gate with somebody that you are just uh, getting to know professionally, asking them for a favor, asking them to, hey, I, you work at you know, Bob's Donuts. I'm really interested in a role at Bob's Donuts. Can you introduce me to the recruiter? And oh yeah, by the way, nice to meet you. <laughs> uh, that just, you know, it, it feels very self-serving. So when you're thinking about um, building out your network, uh, you know, you can never start too soon. Uh, so you could first start doing simple little things by following people that are in the field that you're in or that you want to be in, have the role that you want, start, start following them, follow them on LinkedIn, follow them on Twitter. I'm, I'm not a big Twitter person. I, I need to do better with Twitter, but I'm very big in LinkedIn. Um, so go out there, follow them. And, and it's not enough just to follow them because, you know, a lot of folks have a lot of followers. So how would you, how do you make yourself stand out? 
So interact with their content. Uh, a lot of people share posts, they share articles, they write articles. Um, infographics is a really big thing right now. Um, so uh, interact with these things, uh, like it or write a comment. And I personally try super hard and it's hard to respond to every comment anyone puts on anything that I share. Um, yeah. Whether it's just a thank you or it's a, you know a follow-up question, but interact with these folks through their content on LinkedIn. Give make yourself known. I've I've actually hired folks that I've met uh, arbitrarily through me posting something on LinkedIn. They commented on it, and you know we then went back and forth a little bit. And then the next time I posted, they commented on something again. And when I posted a job, I was like, oh, what about so-and-so? Let me ping them and see if they're looking. And boom. Um, so it, it was top of mind for me. It's a lot about, a lot of the times it's about, it is about who you know, not what you know. So figuring out how to get the who's to know you is, is key. I like that. Yeah. Well, and I think you hit on something there too, right? Which is, um, I think in, in today's kind of digital first or however you want to think about it, right? We've got all these connections that you can make, but really it's all also about just trying to provide value uh, before even asking for anything. Like I think that just goes such a long way, you know? Um, and I think um, kind of similar, I think, you know, similar to you, like I've, I've adopted LinkedIn and just kind of um, dove into it a, a couple of years ago now. And um, you get a ton of messages and ton of things coming from people. And it's really rare when somebody actually sends something to you proactively of value that says, Hey, Jeff, I saw you post about this and here's, you know, something you should go look at, or, um, it's always, I mean, again, like I feel like my inbox, I'm sure your inbox is flooded, right. With, Hey, can you mentor me? Hey, can you do this for me? Hey, can you do this? And it's just like, um, it's so like you said, if you can stick out and just kind of say, Oh my gosh, I saw that you post about this often, or, Hey, I saw that you work at this type of company. I thought this would be valuable for you and give it. I mean, I think that goes such a long way. Um, uh, and then you can also translate that into just building your own personal brand on LinkedIn too. Like I think one of the ways um, that I feel like I've, I've been successful. And I think if I, you know, um, I won't speak for you, but just looking at the way that you think about some of your content too, right. Is like, those are situations or scenarios that you're going through and you're kind of sitting there saying, Hey, I'm having to go build a customer journey. And you know what? I'm sure everybody in customer success has had to do that or is doing it. Why not post a couple of insights about what I've learned through this process or how I'm approaching it. Um, and those little things too, just help so much. Uh, in terms of the, the network at large. Um, and that's how you start to build a little bit of personal brand and people start to know your name. Um, and I think the the thing that I always like to talk to people about too is, um, you know, not to feel afraid to post things. Like I think sometimes people say, hey, if I post it, it's going to be there forever and people are going to associate it with me or judge me with it. And while it's true, like you can change your mind in the future. Um, you can also, you know, you can post other things uh, that push it down the list that people won't find. Like, I don't know, it just is, is not as big of a deal as you think. Like, um, and it should be much more of a, a flowing exercise of like, you know, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to put some things out there and hopefully get some feedback. But, uh, those are a couple of things that I've, I've thought about before too, just in terms of doing some networking and trying to provide value to the, the broader community. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I like all of those points. And, you know, one of the things I do when, and I know this is this, we're talking about networking, but I think it applies too is when you're applying for, you know, positions as a hiring manager, the first place I go, you know, after I look at, I skim your resume really quickly, I immediately go to your LinkedIn. I want to see, you know, 
what are you interacting with? I get, I get kind of like stalkerish a little bit. Like I'm like looking in there just to kind of understand, like, what are your thoughts about customer success? How ingrained are you in the community? Um, you know, are you passionate about it? You know, how have you approached it? So I'm looking for, you know, what kind of articles have you published or have you shared and, and how are you interacting? Because I think it tells me a lot as a potential hiring manager about maybe how you would interact with the customers or, you know, how you would approach, you know, interacting or building rapport. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, I think also to speak to your point, a lot of people have, have said to me, it's like, you know, I, you want me to publish stuff on LinkedIn? I'm like, it doesn't have to be huge, you know, create a small infographic or, you know, take a stance on something in customer success and share your thoughts on it and then pose a question and start dialogue. Um, like you said, it doesn't mean that this is a forever thought. Your, your thoughts will evolve and change as you, as you get more experience or as you learn more customer success models. Um, but, you know, doing that and ripping that bandaid off after you rip that bandaid off, it's going to feel like no big deal. Right. Yeah, um, definitely. In a big sign that you've made it is when you have like at least one hater. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. Yes, that's true. I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure over the years I've developed many and uh, you've been in this long, you've been in this game for 24 years. I imagine you've got some, you, you know, yourself uh, yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah. But the, the other thing too, that I've always tried to encourage people is, um, and actually um, you, you just maybe think about this. I need to go do this for myself, but even just looking at your own, like LinkedIn profile, like how do you make it inviting, right? You have an about me section. And so I've told people before as well, you know, I mean, similar to you, if you send in your resume, that's great. I'll take a look, but I'm going to go look at your LinkedIn and I'm going to look at how do you present yourself and, and really in the about me section. And then in your, like what bullet points and things do you list under your jobs there? Right. Uh, Cause your resume is very, um, it's very concrete. You're going to think a lot, a little bit different. Cause you're like, Oh, this is on paper. These are the things that really need to be, um, I don't know. It's, it feels a little bit more official maybe, but like you go to a LinkedIn and it's a little bit more casual. And so it's like, how are you inviting me in? Um, you know, I also think about in today's world, especially like, um, how are you kind of crafting your narrative in the about me section? Are you a good writer? Like, I think some of these things are also kind of skills that, uh, maybe have been overlooked a little bit, but now are coming back to the forefront to say, you know, can you write a really engaging email to a customer? And, you know, can you do that in your about me section? Make me really want to kind of read the next sentence, right? It's kind of like, a, like this avalanche, like, can you make me kind of keep, keep wanting to read on it yeah. because it just makes it so interesting. And so just like you said too, if you don't want to go make a post and, and put things out there, at least take some, you know, take some looks over your LinkedIn profile and say, Hey, how can I make this better and more appealing and make sure it really kind of stands out from people and, and uh, exactly. kind of exemplifies what I want it to be. Yeah. Standing out is the key, right? Competition is, is pretty heavy. Um, oh you know, gosh, yeah. you know, five years ago, uh, it wasn't this competitive in customer success. Now you're getting folks who do have, you know, two, five plus years experience in customer success that are competing with folks who are trying to get into customer success. So you, you do have to do, you know, things to make yourself stand out a little bit. And that's definitely one. Um, and, you know, kind of moving back onto the networking um, topic, um, you know, there are a lot of other things too. I know we're focused on LinkedIn, but, uh, you know, I get an invite probably at least a few times a week to online events, you know, so um, I'm seeing like online, like CS speed dating type stuff. And then I know Gang Grow Retain has their office hours. 
Um, you know, I'm part of the customer success leadership network. We hold, you know, webinars over Zoom, and we've had people all around the globe join them. Uh, there are just so many of these things right now that are happening that are great, again, networking opportunities. It's a little different to network over, you know, video, over Zoom than it is in person. But for some, it actually could can, you know, break down that fear of that barrier because it's it's a little bit more safe sitting behind the camera than it is in person. Um, I'm also starting to see some in-person events come back. Uh, I know Saster is going to happen in September, I think. I, I got my message that my tickets are being transferred. So <laughs> I, I guess I got I'm, that today too. <laughs> I'm going to San Jose uh, in mid, mid to late September, whenever it is. Um, so in-person events are coming up too. So that will open the world for folks to go to meetup, sign up for meetup.com and look for customer success events in your area. There's just so much that folks can do and they should be taking advantage of those opportunities. Um, you know, investing in your career, if you are hungry, networking is a big component of it. And it is not an eight to five job. Yeah. You know, it's something you do have to take time out of your work day that you're not, not out of your work day away from your <laughs> yeah. work day. Yeah. yeah. To invest in your, your brand, your career, like it all feeds into it. Yeah. The other thing I think too, that, um, I've thought about, uh, a little bit more in my career towards, you know, the last couple of years as well is there's also an opportunity inside of your own company to do some networking, right? Like a lot of times you're, you're in an organization, I would imagine that's, that's growing, that's uh, adding people. And so it goes from, you know, really quickly, you're from 50 to hundred. And then all of a sudden you're from 100 to 200. And pretty soon you're like, well, I, I only know, you know, the people on my, my team and especially virtually it's like, well, I'm only really knowing the people that I meet with. I might see a message or two on our internal communications or maybe on a, a chat thread, but um, go find the peers in your organization as well and start trying to figure out, okay, um, if I'm a, uh, if I'm a, a manager in customer success, or if I manage an implementation team, you know, you've already kind of probably already met everybody else on the customer team. So, Hey, who's in product? Uh, what are their roles? What are they doing? Who's in engineering? Um, how do I go to sales and marketing? And those are also like your peers inside of the organization. You know, you're not networking to necessarily say, Hey, can you help me find another job type of situation? But it is, Hey, help me understand your role a little bit better. I would love to know the things that you're working on and um, you know, Hey, what, what types of groups do you get involved with? that also can just be really beneficial because now you've started to just learn other parts of the business. You're starting to understand uh, forums or discussions or areas that they go to that might be valuable to you someday. So I also think there's just an opportunity to, to look inside and say, hey, how can I go get to know some of my uh, coworkers in other divisions or other departments a little bit better as well? Yeah, that's actually genius. And I don't think that's talked about a lot. Um, you know, I know we have donuts, uh, so there's like an app that you can put in on your Slack. Um, so, you know, there are a lot of mechanisms out there to help you get to know folks you work with a little bit better. And I think what's not talked about is the importance of why you want to do that, right? Not only is it great to have that, you know, the, the bond, uh, the human bond, the human component with people that you likely, you know, spend a lot of time with, um, well, maybe not anymore, I guess, now that I'm saying that, um, but people that maybe you work a lot with on certain projects or people you don't, it's, it's important to, to learn how to build those dynamics and get to understand what they're doing, especially if you're trying to figure out where you may want to go in the future. Um, but I think the one thing, and, and this is 
the point I was trying to make before I lost my, my train of thought thinking about working remote and COVID and we no longer sit in offices together. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. um, is when you leave that company, those, those, uh, you know, folks that you got to know within your organization, um, they now become part of your network. Um, your, your actual like network that can help you in the future. Um, you don't know how many times I've encountered people that I've worked with, you know, two, three, four, five companies ago um, that they've pinged me and said, hey, can you be a reference for me? Or, hey, yeah. do you know so-and-so at this company? I'm thinking about making a move and would love an introduction. Um, and these come from the relationships that were built while we worked together at another organization. Um, so you are building your network every time you make that, that connection with somebody internally at your organization right now, even though you're not thinking about it like that, right? You're not thinking, Hey, I'm going to leave. Um, so let me make a lot of friends here. <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you know, most folks aren't thinking that, but when you leave, you don't tend to completely sever those relationships and they just become part of that network that follows you. Yeah. There's a, there's a saying recently that I've, I've liked where, um, I listened to a podcast and the guy was talking about, uh, he said, you know, you can't let, you can't let luck find you. You have to go make luck. And, um, and I think it's like similar to that, right. You kind of have to go make things happen for yourself. Um, and you were talking about earlier to investing the time you have to make the time to do it. Um, so I like it. Well, um, I'm curious, is there any, um, are there any projects or things that you've been working on? I know we, we, we kind of talked about, right. Um, trying to find people who have been doing projects or things they've been working on or things that, um, you know, it's part of the, the best part about having a network or having a community is to, to bounce things around. So is there uh, a particular project or anything that you've been working on that, um, we could talk about for a few minutes. That'd be fun to kind of noodle on, uh, out there. Well, uh, I have a couple of things that I've been working on. Um, one, I'm not sure if I'm ready to go public with, but, um, First, you know, for me, it's like making sure that I'm getting all of the, the head knowledge I have out of my head and onto paper. Um, and it, that's a lot of work. Uh, yeah. So um, I always, I, I keep a, a spreadsheet of writing ideas that this spreadsheet is probably five years old. And <laughs> I look back on it now and I kind of laugh. Um, and it has topics from, you know, like why Slack can suck the energy out of your company, <laughs> which is very controversial um, to, uh, you know, like how to give a killer EBR, right? Yeah. Like uh, Everything like that is on there. And what I've been trying to do, and this is not really so much a project, but just, you know, a challenge for myself is yep. get out on LinkedIn more and just start sharing some of that, whether it's through articles or infographics or me just doing you know, two or three minute videos on my phone, trying to do it in one take and just get it out. Um, that's been something that I've been focused on over the last year and a half, uh, yeah. because I don't have to commute right now. So it just makes it, you know, a little, little bit of time, to, yeah. a little bit of time to do that. Another thing, um, I have been working on a book, um, behind the scenes. It's probably not going to be ready for any kind of prime time for another year or two but um, definitely have a lot of thoughts and a lot of things to say. Um, so I've been trying to get that all ready to roll and figure out what to do with that. So those I are like a couple it. of things. Um, yeah, I actually love the first one that you mentioned too, just because um, I, I always think that um, 
I tend to try and learn and, and talk with people. And a lot of the things I'm trying to figure out is like, how do you operate yourself? Right. How do you make sure you're getting things done? Like you said, how do you make, where do you keep documents? Like, uh, like different people, right. Some people have a notes app on their phone. You have a spreadsheet, like you have, um, so I'm curious how, what's your process for kind of taking an idea, um, and putting it into an infographic or kind of turning that into content, um, for you, is it like, you know, you're, uh, are you sitting down on a Monday and kind of writing out five posts for the week and getting it all done? Are you doing that on Sunday? Like how, what's kind of your operating model? And then um, I can, I can tell you mine and see, I'm curious to see if they're different or the same. Yeah, it's usually Sunday. Uh, so it's funny when you said that I'm like, yep, it's usually Sunday. Um, and I um, use, I like buffer a lot to where I can go in buffer will just, you know, post things to LinkedIn for you. You can schedule it. Yeah, um, which is great. Um, and I also use Canva to get my infographics and everything created. But yeah, so generally what I do is I look at my topics of things that, you know, I've collected over the years and say, what do I think could provide the most value right now? And what do I have a strong opinion on right now? Because my opinions, the strength of my opinions kind of ebb and flow <laughs> over the years, like if you would have asked me like five years ago, should CS own revenue? I'd be like, no, never. <laughs> and now you ask me and I'm like, well, maybe, <laughs> right? So yep. um, what do I have a very strong opinion about right now? What do I see as trending in customer success? I do try to stay on top of what are the problems people are trying to solve for the most right now? And uh, then I will uh, sit down and just think about things in a very simplistic manner of like, what is step one, step two, step three, step four, step five. And then I first put in like my little like titles of the steps and then yep. I'll just fill in the blanks. Um, so that's, I don't know if that helps, but that's kind of how I even do my presentations. So when I'm prepping for speaking at a conference, um, I will literally create the title of uh, titles of each of my slides first. Yep. Um, and then, you, you know, usually I'll do it like in a, a Google doc, not directly in the presentation, but create the titles and then go under that and do the bullet points I want to touch upon, transfer it over yep. uh, and then think about my talking points. Right. So I'm, I'm, a, I am, I know people don't like to say I'm type A, type, I, I do lean type A. Um, <laughs> I'm very like methodical in the way I think about the world and I think about things and think about how we can make things more efficient and operationalize. So yeah, there's yeah. process. So I like it. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Well, it's, I think everybody's got a little different style and I like how you touched on a couple of things, right. Is also thinking about how to develop slides and think about, um, cause I think it really comes back to architecting a story and, um, and telling that. And I think sometimes that gets lost when people, um, think about presentations. Cause sometimes people are like, Oh, I just need to get something on the slide data, whatever it is. And I like the way you talked about it, right. Where it's like, Hey, how can I go? actually kind of write the headlines first, because that's really going to architect what the story is. And then you kind of then have the supporting material underneath it. Um, so I, I do something similar as well. So on, on, um, I try to do it Monday mornings just because, um, I'm trying to do the whole, you know, I want to, I want to enjoy my whole weekend. I don't want to be there. Um, I do like doing customer success like you, I, I love this, but at the same time, like, you know, I'm, I'm trying to create some sort of boundaries. It doesn't always work. I'm sometimes I'm doing it on Sundays, but, um, Monday mornings, I'm trying to sit down and do a similar thing where, um, I also, I'm not very good at writing. Um, I'm a much better writer 
under the gun. Like I'm much better writer. This sounds bad. Like this is a, such a bad excuse, but like I'm much better writer when I have my back to the wall and procra- I procrastinated all the time away. Right. I have to get yeah. it done. So yeah. what I typically do is I will do similar. So I'll kind of look and say, Hey, um, what's been interesting. What am I reading about? What, what am I passionate about? Can I go write kind of five headlines for the week? And then each morning I'll kind of sit down and then I'll actually kind of fill out the rest of the post. But if I sit there and kind of write it out, it, ahead of time, it just generally doesn't come across as well. I don't know why I need, probably need to figure that out. But, um, but the other thing, and I really like that you mentioned this too. Um, the other thing that I, I feel like I've, I've gotten better at, or I've had to get better at over time is, um, I tend to go write a first draft and I tend to not be really, um, like if I'm sharing it internally, I'm really not ashamed about like my first draft. I will like sing it till the cows come home. I'll be like, Hey, this is a first draft, but, um, I find much more, I I'm, I make a much better product of a presentation or an idea or something. If I can like, just get you to look at it and put your own thoughts down. Like I, if I kind of keep it sheltered and hidden away and then like seven days later show you, it's like, Oh, like that. I don't know. It could have gone in in such better direction. So I am always like, Hey, if I can write something down on paper and even if it's really bad and it's um, cumbersome and way too much talking or whatever it is, like if I can just bounce it over to you and you can put a couple of notes in, I'm like, Oh, perfect. Now I've got it off. I can start running. So I'm much more of a, like trying to collaborate on those types of things as well. Um, especially when it comes to presentations like EBR decks or things that we were doing in the past. Like, um, I do it a lot with emails as well. Um, you know, we're thinking about engaging customers at scale. It's like, how can we craft a great subject line or, or email context? Um, I'm sitting there and I'm, I like stress over all those things. And people are like, Oh, like, we're probably thinking too much about the words. I'm like, no, it matters now. You know, we gotta, we gotta captivate these people so much. (laughs) It's funny you say that. So I probably have like 20 unpublished articles sitting in my Grammarly account right now. (laughs) Uh, you know, I will sit down and I'll, I, so I'm, I'm not a genius and I'm generally not the smartest person in the room, but I have moments where I'm like, that's genius. (laughs) (laughs) I sit down and I'll start an article and I'll, I'll get it like, you know, a third of the way through. And then, you know, I'm like, look, shiny light. (laughs) So, um, so I was kind of laughing because I have probably like 20 of those right now sitting in my Grammarly account, just waiting for me to go in and, and like finish, (laughs) finish it out. I'm going to start holding you to that. Now that I know that I'm going to start, I'm going to start peppering you saying, you know, when are you going to release the next one? Like when can we get into the next one? Um, I I started a fable. I even have like a fable I'm writing like about (laughs) the perfect customer. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That would be funny. That would be so good. Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh. Uh, Speaking of which you just kind of mentioned Grammarly uh, and I've, I've been um, going down this kick recently as well, trying to find, to kind of talk a little bit about networking. We talked a little bit about how do we process our own kind of content, some other things. Um, and maybe this will be the, the third topic we can um, touch on real quick, but are there any, um, not, not talking kind of your CSPs, your, your gain sites, your Salesforce, right? We, I feel like uh, everybody kind of knows about those tools, but are there, are there some kind of like small um, Google Chrome type tools, or like you mentioned Canva and Grammarly, and are there other little tools that you just kind of throughout your day, you're just kind of like, oh, like this is so good. And I don't know if people know about this, but do any come to mind? I'm always trying to, I'm always on the lookout. Like my, at one point you should have seen my uh, Google Chrome bar was like way too littered with all these little tools I was trying to use and test. Um, so I'm curious if there's anything that you've come across where you're like, oh, this is such a nice little hack or nice little tool. Yeah. Uh, Loom. Uh, Ooh, love that. Yep. Idea have to have loom if you're you know doing anything with customers um it's makes it just you know we're in this world where it's like do you have time to hop on a zoom call no 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 like just do a loom video send it over and hopefully it'll help right yeah 
Yep. Um, so Loom, uh, uh, Todoist, uh, it's kind of like Asana, um, but okay. yep. it's really a to-do list, Todoist, um, yep. very clever play on words. I have that app on my phone. I have that. And I actually have writing topics in there too, that I, when I'm out, like, you know, out and about, I don't have a, a, my spreadsheet available. So I'll just be like, boop, 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 boop. And I throw it in my to-do list under my writing topics, uh, category. Yep. And then I'll move it over to my spreadsheet. Um, also, uh, yeah, we talked about calendar or well, Calendly is another one. Calendly, yep. I can't live without that. I will like, you know, people are always pinging me. Hey, do you have 15 minutes? Do you have 20 minutes? I'm like, yeah, here, you know, here's my yep. Calendly. Uh, yeah. Grammarly Canva Grammarly changed my world. Um, but it also, I feel like while it's serving me so well, I feel like it's also making me like just so reliant. I'm like so fearful now of sending anything <laughs> out without having Grammarly look at it. Yeah, without it. Did I have this much self-doubt before Grammarly? I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. But I might cringe if I look back at my writing before pre-Grammarly. <laughs> um, I think those are like some of the big ones. I'm I'm trying to think. I'm sure there are so many more that I just use and I don't even think about it. See, uh, that's, that's, that's where I was too. So two from my past life, um, they serve a little bit of value now, but maybe not as much. Um, but one is called um, Wappalizer, W-A-P-P-A-L-Y-Z-E-R. And all it does is it just gives you a list of um, like technology on that website that you're on. So I just like to use this every once in a while. If like we're talking to a customer, uh, let's just say, and we have, uh, they could be leveraging Google, Google Analytics um, in part of our product. And, um, you know, kind of talking to a customer, I can easily go to their community site and kind of say, Hey, I noticed you have Google analytics, um, on your site, but you don't have it inside of our actual product. Like, um, here's how we can go do that. But it, like little thing like that, that one's just helps. Um, it's kind of specific, but it just gives you kind of everything that they're using on the kind of their tech stack, uh, about what powers their website. So, um, use that one a little bit. Another one that I just like to use, um, is also it's, uh, called similar web. Um, they just went public recently, actually, but it is um, all about website metrics. So they're kind of looking at what's your page rank and, um, you know, where are they getting visits? And so a lot of it, again, might not be useful, but I always find that there's some, some little nuggets that you can always pull out of there. Like um, how much web traffic are they driving? That's just direct. Um, what are some of their major competitors? What, what sort of Google search terms um, get people to their site? And um, again, it's, Customer success managers might not be the biggest thing that helps you move the needle, but it's to me, like little things like that over time, um, you can kind of just, like you said, almost if I have like a little file on my customer, it's kind of like, oh, I noticed that a new competitor popped up and they're similar web. And I'm kind of looking at that. And I'm just going to jot it down for later or, um, oh my gosh, they're, I noticed that they're now um, getting a lot of traffic from this keyword. It looks like they've kind of repositioned their product. And so like little, th it's, small things. So they're not going to drive the, a huge impact, but those are just two kind of uh, Chrome apps that I've put into my um, little toolbar that I've, I've used every once in a while. I'm going to definitely check them out. That's really interesting. I had never heard of either of them. So this is, this has been very beneficial. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when we were talking, I, I was thinking completely different tools, but I also use uh, Lucidchart a lot. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, you know, I am, again, I'm not an artist, but if you give me a tool where I can visually diagram out what I'm thinking, that's super helpful. Yeah. Uh, you know, so Lucid chart is on my list too. I, I would add that on. Yeah. I love, um, yeah, I love Lucid. I, 
like you, I just, if I can go visualize it and easily drag and drop, I don't have to do like a ton of my own little uh, graphic design. I'm like, all right, yeah. this is that's, I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm like you too. I've used Canva before and I'm like, oh, Canva is a godsend. Cause it's like, oh, I can just oh, drag gosh. over templates that people have used before. Like, oh, they make it so easy. Totally. So um, I'm on that boat too. Um, perfect. Well, what, you know, if we're, um, if you're looking out there and people are, you know, trying to network, they're trying to to get out there. We've talked about a couple of things. Um, you know, we talked about looking internally at your own company, making sure you kind of know your peers. We talked about just trying to build some personal brand a little bit where you can on some social networks, kind of putting yourself out there. Um, the one that I think we kind of under talked about a little bit, um, that you mentioned is just also following, um, what some of those people in the industry are talking about, like, what are the topics that are really interesting? What are people talking about going to, um, going to Slack groups, going to threads and forums and saying, okay, what are, what are really some of the hard hitting topics? Um, I think that can be so valuable also just to, um, almost just create, like, can you go create some controversy, so to speak, right? Can you go have an, an uh, a take, put a take out there, a hot take, so to speak. And, um, uh, just like you said, right. Uh, yeah. Hey, should CSMs own revenue, go put a hot take out there and just generate discussion because at the end of the day, um, if you can do that and generate engagement, it just shows a lot. Um, uh, so I, I just love that. It's so under thought about, but, uh, the way you kind of talked about it earlier was just such a good point. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to remind everyone, there is no one size fits model for customer success, period. So it's okay for two very different things to be true at the same time. So should CSMs own revenue? Yes and no. That's both okay. That's both true De because it depends on the company, depends on, you know, the goals of the company, depends on the CSM model or the CS model and the, the types of CSMs that you, you are hiring and training. And um, so I, you know, I always want to remind people that when you are getting out there and you're ripping that bandaid off, know that multiple things can be true at the same time. And, you know, yeah, I'm not suggesting people go out and start being, you know, CS trolls, <laughs> like, you know, out there trolling the forums and yeah. screwing the pots, but it's okay to get out there and definitely, like you said, just have a hot take about something and then say, Hey, you know, sound off below, boom, yeah. betcha anything. You're going to get a lot of folks. If you, you know, if you have, if you have the right people that are on in that forum that are going to tell you what they think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. Right. It's like generating healthy discussion. Um, so I like it. Well, before we, um, before we hop off, I would love to, to know, I always like to ask people this too. Um, normally I ask it in the intro, I'm going to ask it in the outro today, but if you had to describe your perfect Sunday morning, you know, what, what's your perfect Sunday morning look like for you? Mm. Uh, my, well, I would, I broke my foot. Uh, in April. So I haven't been able to hike in a long time. I would say prior to that, uh, hiking somewhere oh. out in the hills. Yep. Um, but now my perfect Sunday morning is my two Shih Tzus, a Diet Coke and watching uh, 90 Day Fiance while <laughs> scrolling through Instagram on my phone. Boom. I'm just being real. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I love that. Um, I've, Hey, I've fallen trapped to some 90 Day Fiance episodes. I mean, they're just too good, right? Like you just like, you're looking at this and I just like, am sometimes like, are these real people? Like, is this actually like, are they just yanking our entire leg? Like how much of this is true, but it's just so, yeah, it's, I mean, it's guilty pleasure, right? You gotta, sometimes you gotta indulge when you're, um, when you're in work all day in business and you're, uh, you know, trapped in your, uh, or at least I'm trapped in my one window, two window, uh, room, you know, you gotta go find some, some fun out there. So I like it. Yep. Keep my drama on the TV. 
That's a good good saying. I like that. Uh, Well, Miranda, if people want to um, connect with you, uh, get value out of the community and the Slack group that you've created, uh, where can they go do that? Yeah. So uh, first thing, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn. I love, 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 love connecting with customer success folks on LinkedIn because I love filling my newsfeed with all of those unique ideas. So never hesitate to, you know, send me a connection. Uh, If you are in customer success, I will accept it. Uh, And then another place. So I'm part of the customer success leadership network. We have a Slack group. Uh, I post once a month uh, for the invite to that Slack group. Uh, Just ping me and I'll send it over to you. Uh, if you're interested in joining. Um, and I am on Twitter, uh, but I am not a super active Twitter person, but I'm pretty proud of my Twitter handle, Miranda says. <laughs> so I've got that for my LinkedIn. I've got that for my Twitter. But uh, yeah, so I think really, you know, to connect with me, LinkedIn is, is where I usually am found. I can definitely vouch um, that Miranda is active on LinkedIn. She's always willing to help people uh, so don't be bashful, you know, be out there, uh, stand out if you can, you know, maybe give Miranda a hot take. It'll give her some interest, uh, to, you know, connect with you. But, uh, Miranda, like I said, a really fun just to talk, uh, a little bit more on the personal side, you know, just talking about things, networking, um, you know, how are you trying to build some of that personal brand thinking about just, uh, some tools that we use in our everyday life that are, you know, stuck in Chrome. So, um, I enjoyed this, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to entice you to come back on, uh, with, you know, your, uh, all the experience that you have, we're going to, we're going to talk through some, um, we'll get to the nitty gritty of some customers because that's topics next time. Um, as we uh, do this again. Awesome, Jeff. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on and yeah, great time. Thank you. Yeah. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the gain, grow, retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.